Let's just pray together, church. Gracious, loving God, we just ask that you come and you show us your word anew and afresh today. That your Holy Spirit be upon us now, opening our hearts and our minds to hear your word speak truth into our lives. Lord, may your word be a light to our path, a refreshment to our soul. Lord, I pray this in your holy name. Amen. So we are in uh, Refresh February, and we have been uh, looking at how we start to refresh ourselves uh, as the year kicks into gear and gets going. Um, and, and today what I would like to do is I would like to actually have a look at how we can be spiritually refreshed through baptism. Um, I'm going to look at baptism. Next week, Paul is actually going to be exploring refreshment and baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this is actually a two-part message. So you might think that I haven't covered off everything around baptism. That's because you have to come next week to get the second half from Paul around baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm actually looking forward to hearing um, Paul's message. So, so let's, let's start by um, jumping in with an exploration of baptism. Um, we're going to be looking at some biblical references around baptism, exploring how, how baptism links with our journey of discipleship. Um, and how we are refreshed spiritually through baptism, and, and how baptism and reaffirmation of baptism is an integral part of, of being refreshed. But first of all, I'd like to just check in with you. I want to check in and see where, you, where you're up to. So last week I got you to test out how your hands were working. They're still working this week? Okay, good. I've got a question for you. Hands up if you think that baptism is a key fundamental step in Christian discipleship. Okay. A key fundamental step. So we're kind of, you know, part and part. See, here, I'm, I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Here's the last words that Jesus actually gave to his disciples. Um, so we'll go to the next one on there. From Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all nations. So, so making disciples, what do we then do? Baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is key here in discipleship. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So baptism is actually really key and important aspect of who we are as a Christian church and our journey of discipleship. Um, make disciples, baptize and teach. If we just think in that, let people hear and understand the story and message of God. Let them respond to that story and message of God through baptism and teach them the intricacies of all that. The Uniting Church actually on its assembly website, so that's the national body of the Uniting Church, has this to say about baptism. Let me read it for you. In the Uniting Church, baptism is a sign of new life through Jesus and unites us with Christ and the people of God. It is the invitation into the way of life taught by Jesus and practiced by the church. Baptism is the first of two sacraments the Uniting Church celebrates. The Uniting Church practices baptism for those who confess the Christian faith themselves or those who are presented for baptism by their parents or grandparents. 
And then it goes on to be talking about um, uh, confirmation of your baptism. And in interestingly, did you pick it up there? The Uniting Church only recognizes two sacraments. Baptism is one of them. What do you, anybody got an idea what the second one is? The, the Lord's Supper. I, I was going to ask Paul. <laughs> He's going, I know. <laughs> but yeah, communion, the Lord's Supper. So they're, they're the two um, sacraments the Uniting Church actually has. Um, in, in my research that I was doing this week um, on, onto this message today, I came across this, this quote, and I just want to share with you. Because I actually think it rings quite true. The prominence of baptism in Christian worship has gradually eroded. Notice that. The prominence of baptism in Christian worship has gradually eroded. Churches often tack baptism on at the beginning or the end of worship services with little or no explanation of the celebration's significance or meaning. Since the time of Christ, believers have participated in baptism, sometimes with great fanfare and exuberance and sometimes with some lemonity and reverence. Regardless of the style, though, the visual and the emotional appeal of this act is at the very heart of who we are as followers of Christ. Baptism has significance for the individual believer and for the church. I hope you're starting to understand Baptism is key and important in the life of the church and the life of the believer. I was actually baptized as an adult. Um, I, I didn't. My, my parents, uh, my other two brothers, my parents took them to be baptized as, as um, children, as infants. Um, something obviously happened with me because I didn't get any of that. My, um, my other two went to Sunday school. I didn't get any of that. It, it, it was either that they mucked up so badly that uh, my parents went, no, I'm just not going to do that or whatever. But I, I actually remember my baptism because I was like a teenager at Miranda Uniting Church. And, and I was baptized as, as a part of this service, like in the you know, beginning part of the service. Um, with a little sprinkle of water on the head and I made sure it wasn't messy. I, you even had to hold the tissue there just in case it was going to dribble down your face. You know, it was like, it was, it was very neat. That's not the way I do baptisms anymore. Um, I, you know, I, I've had the privilege of baptizing numerous people um, and, and in, in all sorts of different locations, like in the outback, in homes, um, beaches or lakes, you know, in the church, using the font or, you know, a pool out in the courtyard of the church, wherever it may be. But uh, one of the things that I've, I've come to realize is that some of the, sometimes when we have these uh, moments of baptism, that the church doesn't give it enough significance that we, as the members, don't cry out with joy for what's actually going on. And I think that's because we don't understand the depth and significance of baptism, that we've watered it down somehow. I think we've lost some of the joy and celebration of baptism. And it's been turned into a ritual that I think a lot of people use in order to get into private school education. I have to say that <laughs> because I've had numerous times, and I have to say this, I've had numerous times, oh, um, can, I, can we have a baptism because um, such and such, I've booked them in to go into this private school and 
they want the baptism certificate. Okay, so it's become a ritual and a rite of passage for those that would like certain educations. So let's dive into the Bible passages that I've got for you today to have a look at this. Um, I've got them all on the church app on the um, sermon notes if you want to follow along on there. Um, and we're going to kind of explore baptism a little bit more deeper and some of the significance of it. Um, so the first is this, and we'll put it up on the screen. Baptism is actually part of repentance. Okay. Baptism is part of repentance. So we're going to go to the Bible verse that's there, which actually comes from Acts 2, verses 36 to 41. And this is, this is after the Holy Spirit has come upon the believers um, and been filled with that, and, and Peter is actually starting to preach really powerfully and significantly um, to those that are gathered, and then this happens. And, and Peter says this, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, who you crucified to, to both the Lord and Messiah. Peter's word pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Let me just say this. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and to your children's and to those far away and all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church and about 3,000 in all. How amazing. How, how amazing is that? But... But here's the thing. I think we have, un, to our detriment, unlinked repentance from baptism. I think we have unlinked repentance from baptism for the detriment of both. Um, and, and part of this is because we hold, and let, let, me, let me just delve into this, we hold this esteem that baptism is once for all. And, you know, if you've been baptized once, you can't be baptized again kind of thing. We, we have that. And, and so, therefore, repentance is something that's separate. But when you're actually looking at the scriptures, you're actually going, people are repenting. And part of that process is, is that washing away of the sins, washing away the, the, the physical process of, of being dunked in water and brought up again, is that washing away of the sins, repenting of the sins and, and having that public declaration there. Jesus was actually baptized by John the Baptist. And, and the baptism that John performed was actually a baptism of, in response to people's repentance. See, see, John the Baptist was calling people to repent and turn back to God. And in, when people repented and turned back to God, he would baptize them. And so it, there's this huge linkage. And when, when Jesus, you know, um, was baptized there, it's not because Jesus actually needed to repent of his sins, you know, who's who's pure without blemish. But what Jesus was doing was, was submitting to what was happening at the time and showing that he was a part of uh, what was going on and the, the, um, the prophecies that were being fulfilled. So each of you, each of us, must repent of our sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
so that we may have forgiveness of sins. So that's the first element. Baptism as part of repentance. And when we often call on repentance, I'm just going to digress for a moment. Whenever we call on for repentance, we ask people to go, oh, let's, let's repent. Let's, let's take a moment and repent of our sins and things that we do. We, we have this really brief moment of, of saying one or two small lines and then we want to throw on and move on to things that are brighter and happier. We don't want to sit in there and realize that we've actually fallen short of God's glory in our life. And the things that we choose, the things we don't choose, um, actually have consequences for us. So this whole notion of repenting and being washed clean and made new is so important for us to actually claim back. So the call to reaffirm your baptism is a call to reaffirm your baptism and repent of our sins and reaffirm that what God has done in your life. The next thing that baptism is, is that baptism is also a declaration of faith. Um, baptism has both what God does, the act of God, and our act as well. It, it, it's not separated. It's both, both of those things. Baptism is, is a symbol, a sign that, that God is, is active and present in our world um, and, and in, especially in the believer's lives. It's also an outward declaration of our faith in God. Baptism is a declaration of our faith in God. In fact, it's actually a really strong witness to the world that you have made a choice. It's a strong witness to your family, to your friends, to those around that you are placing your trust in Jesus who saves you. You know, baptism, sometimes people are concerned about when they um, are baptized that what their family of origin, what their family is going to think because they are declaring that they are placing their trust in God and it may be different to what their family had believed or thought. For some people, this is such a bold and powerful and empowering step that their family actually excommunicates them, leaves them, and they walk alone, but they walk with the rest of us as family. But that act of baptism, of actually being put into the water and brought up again, is that declaring that I've, something new has happened. The very end of Mark's gospel and the long, long version ending of that, which is, you know, I'm just going to look at verse 15 and 16 for you. It's just to remind us of what baptism does for us. And this, this is what it says. He said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes in and baptized will be saved and whoever does not believe will be condemned. Powerful things for us to keep in mind of what God is doing in people's lives and the importance of preaching the gospel to everybody and the importance of following that up with baptism. So, as I said, there's the two aspects God's action for those being baptized and our declaration to the world that we have also died to our old self 
Uh, in fact, this declaration of dying to our old self is actually, not only is it dying to our old self and our old ways, it's actually, it's actually being baptized into the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. Um, little story I sometimes tell people when they're coming to baptism, just depends on what, what's going on. I sometimes actually say um, that like in, in some South American countries, they, they actually, instead of using a baptismal font, which we've got over there, I've almost thought about bringing it over as a prop, but um, they actually have for, for the, um, they have a little coffin. And as they baptize them in, they're going, you're dying to yourself, you're being raised to new life. You're dying to yourself, you're being raised to new life. And it's that huge symbolism of being dying to the self and being raised again to new life. That is what baptism has. According to Romans 6, 1 to 14, our baptism is a witness to the saving work of Christ, his, his death, burial and resurrection. And as a symbol, baptism visually reenacts his burial in the grave and his resurrection to life. Uh, and when we see a new believer go into the water, go down under the water and come up from the water, what we are seeing is Jesus saving that person. And we should be, you know, hooting and hollering and going, yeah, hey. Okay, good. I'm just, just checking whether you were still alive there. So that's all right. Baptism, that's our third point, is baptism into the new life in Jesus Christ. Um, John, John 3, 1, 1 to 15, and, I, and specifically wanted to stop before 16 because we always get, you know, we, we get focused on verse 16. And yes, that is so true. But this whole section beforehand is so important for us to kind of delve into and kind of see this. You know, it gives us insight into baptism as having new life in Christ. Um, let, let me just share back again. Um, I'm just going to share from... Uh, Verses 1 to 7, first of all, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak to, with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So, so that whole notion of being born again, you know, that, that visualization that I gave you around baptism of, of dying to yourself and being born again is such a powerful image. And we see this being brought out as Jesus is saying that you actually need to be born again to Nicodemus. Nicodemus goes, what do you mean? Um, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? You know, very literal Understanding, And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom without being born of water, baptism, and born of the Spirit. So, hence we've got two weeks on baptism, the water baptism, and the baptism of the Spirit. Being born of water and Spirit. Humans can, can only reproduce, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. It's so important for us to actually get, get that understanding in our life about what baptism is and how baptism is, is refreshing us through new life, through being born again, through, through dying to our old self and being brought to new life again. 
A little later on uh, in his encounter with Nicodemus, Jesus then says this from verse 13. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. You, you know that reference there. The, the, the bronze snake on the pole is the, the Israelites, when they were walking around, they were being bitten by snakes and stuff like that. And they crafted a they were told to craft a, a bronze snake on a serpent on a snake on a pole, and when they looked to that, they would be healed. Um, so you're looking at the same thing. Jesus is being brought up, and we actually have healing because of what Jesus has done through his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So through through baptism of water and the Holy Spirit, we have new life in Christ. We have eternal life for those who believe in Jesus Christ. When we're entering into baptism, we're entering into new life in Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this. Would you like to have new life in Christ? Good. I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> who wants all their sins washed away? Okay, fantastic. If you do, then what, out of all of this, what do we need to do? We need to repent of our sins, ask for God's forgiveness, believe what Jesus has paid the price for our sins, be baptized, reaffirm our baptism, and then we'll have life in Christ. Be baptized by the Holy Spirit. I, it, it's a, I, I really want to encourage you. If you are on the the cusp of thinking, this may be something that I, I would like new life, I, I would like to... To, to have all my sins washed away, I, I, I really want that. Um, then I encourage you to, to sign up for, for being baptised um, and in taking that step, making that public declaration and having new life in Christ for you as well. So let's just pray together, church. Oh, Lord God, you... You challenge us. You challenge us that we shouldn't just sit back on what has happened. You challenge us that our life should be active. Our faith should be vibrant. Lord, if we have been baptized many years ago and it seems stale and old, Lord, help us to have that refreshed, renewed. Oh God, may we have life everlasting in you. May we be refreshed, renewed. May we have our sins washed away because we have faith in you. It's only in you that this can happen. Oh Lord, we pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.